Good evening, and welcome to Direct Impact Broadcasting, the station of growth and transformation. Affiliate of Creative Broadcasting presents Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson, with your host, Taiwana Wilson, as she welcomes her guest to the studio. Welcome to Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson. I am your host, Tywana Wilson. A little bit about myself. I am your award-winning leadership maven, medical laboratory sciences by background, best-selling author, owner and chief leadership consultant at Trendy Elite Coaching and Consulting Services, executive director with the John Maxwell team, Maxwell Disc Certified Consultant, Send Out Cars Referral Partner and Co-Owner of Direct Impact Broadcasting Network. Before we bring on my special guest, I want to share a few announcements. I am booking guests for this show for the remainder of 2019. You can go to www.podcast.coachtwilson.com to submit your interest if you would like to be a guest on this show. All of my books and leadership assessments are on sale, so you can go to www.coachtwilson.com. Also, thank you to my media mentors, Ms. Ashley Lutzel and Ms. Kimberly McLemore of Talk Radio and TV Network, LLP. Today's special guest, Dr. Essie McCoy. Dr. McCoy received her doctorate in education and an educational specialist degree in educational leadership from the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, a master's degree in middle grades education from Appalachian State University, and a bachelor of science degree in special education with certification in learning disabilities from Winston-Salem State University. She has additional areas of certification in public school administration and principalship, Curriculum and Instruction with a Concentration in English and the Superintendency. Her dissertation topic, A Study of Elementary Principles, Perceptions of Accountability and Leadership in an Era of High-Stakes Testing, is a foundational part of her book, The Heart of School Transformation, My Journey into Transforming Urban Schools. She attended the Urban Superintendents Program at Howard University and the American Association of School Administrators and received the National Superintendent Certification. In addition, she attended Harvard University's Public Education Leadership Project Program and many other leadership programs throughout the nation, including the Wake Forest University Leadership Program for Public Engagement, the Distinguished Leadership Program and the Distinguished Leadership Program Digital Learning at North Carolina State University, the Principal's Executive Program Leadership Program for Assistant Principals at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and received the program's Outstanding Academic Achievement Award. And she graduated from the Principal's Executive Program Leadership Program for new principals at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, where she received the prestigious Jack McCall Award. Dr. McCoy also attended the Mastering Leadership Dynamics Program with the BB&T Institute, as well as three other programs at BB&T. 
In addition, she was accepted into the National Scholars Honor Society. A highlight of her career is that in 2017, she was selected by Winston-Salem State University as the Education Alumni Achiever recipient. Dr. McCoy began her teaching career at an alternative middle school and later taught at another middle school. She has served as assistant principal at the elementary level before becoming the principal of two elementary schools. She worked as an instructor at the Math and Science Academy of Excellence at Winston-Salem State University and worked as an adjunct professor at North Carolina A&T State University and ITT Technical Institute. Furthermore, she served as an executive director principal. Her experience spans from pre-K through college, and she used her experience and knowledge to continue to make an impact in the field of education. Dr. McCoy was nominated for the AASA Women in School Leadership Award with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. In addition, she received the Educator of the Year Award and the Executive Citation of Anne Arundel County, Maryland Award. Dr. McCoy has been featured in and Quiche BSM, Swagger, and Upwards, and Utopia magazines. She has received many accolades and recognitions for her accomplishments throughout the span of her career. She is known as a transformational leader and has improved the academic performance and success indicators of all the schools she has led. She is most proud of the fact that both elementary schools became Piedmont Triad Signature Schools. Her mission is to continue to ignite a passion in others to make a profound impact in the field of education to help at promise students believe and change the trajectory of their futures. She started her own educational consulting business, Dr. Essie Speaks, travels the nation to do speaking engagements, and published her first book about school transformation in 2018. Currently, she is writing more books and completed three co-authoring book collaboration projects thus far. They are Coaching Champions, How to Understand the Players Before Giving the Plays, A Guide to Improvement and Success, Women of Virtue, Walking in Excellence, and the Girlfriend Code Sorority Edition. In addition, she is the Senior Executive Director of the DMV Mastermind Organization and serves as a faculty member at George Mason University. Furthermore, you will see Dr. McCoy once a month co-hosting about educational topics with Dr. Sharon Porter on the I Am Dr. Sharon Show. The segment is entitled Education First. She invites you to visit her website at www.dressiespeaks.com. Good evening. Good evening, Dr. Essie. How are you doing? Good evening, Coach T. Wilson. I am doing well. How are you this evening? I am doing absolutely wonderful. I am so excited to have you on tonight and hear all about your leadership journey. Well, thank you so much, and definitely I am looking forward to sharing. Awesome. Well, let's jump right in. So can you tell the listeners about your leadership journey, and how did you get to where you are today? Oh, wow. So um, do we have enough time this evening for me to really go into (laughs) (laughs) that? I can tell you, 
um, I always tell people, do what you love and love what you do. And I have always loved the field of education. And that led me to where I am today. I didn't start out thinking about becoming a leader in the field of education. I just wanted to teach. And so once I graduated from high school, I decided to go to college, went to Winston-Salem State University, um, received my degree, and became a teacher and actually taught in an alternative middle school. And also I taught at a regular middle school, quote, unquote. Um, but the alternative middle school really had a profound impact on me. And that is what really got me into leadership. Um, anytime you go into an alternative setting, you are working with kids that are highly impacted. Um, you have lots of challenges academically, socially, emotionally, psychologically, you name it, you have the challenges before you. And so I had an opportunity to actually do my student teaching there. I worked there in the summer, and then I went back and taught there for about a year and really um, connected to the kids and decided to um, transition to another middle school, had an opportunity um, to work in the special education department of another middle school. Um, but I never forgot about the students at the alternative middle school. And so I constantly thought about them and knew that I had to do something in order to make a bigger impact um, beyond the classroom. I just couldn't really impact the 20 or 30 kids or 40 kids, I can't even remember how many kids I had at the time, but I couldn't just impact a small amount. I had to take um, the leap and really think about how I was going to impact more students. And so I went back to school and received my credentials and more degrees, and that process led me to where I am today. Um, worked as not only a teacher at the middle school level, but also an assistant principal, a principal. So 20 years of my 30 years almost in the state of North Carolina, I worked as a school administrator and executive director really going into really challenging schools and turning them around. And I know that I would not have done that if I didn't have that early experience in the alternative setting. So that was a blessing. And um, recently I wrote, as you know, um, the Leadership Tidbits um, book, I have a chapter that I wrote in that. And so that is something that I talked about in my chapter um, about how you can take opportunities. Sometimes you think opportunities that you are embarking upon may not be what is needed at that time or may not be what you want, but allow that to guide you and lead you and always take that as an opportunity to um, make things happen and really give back and serve others. Um, so I've been in the field of education for a long time and um, definitely working um, with leaders and teachers now and um, working in higher education, um, working in schools, and really trying to make an impact. Wow, that is awesome. That is awesome. 20 of your thir of your 30 years are awesome. And now yes, all of the all of the work that you're doing uh, within our schools uh, is, especially at the uh, grade school level, as well as the college level, you're really doing a lot and making a significant impact. So thank you for everything that you're doing. Well, thank you indeed. 
Leaders come from all walks of life with vastly different backgrounds and strengths and qualities. And that was one of the reasons why I started this show, because uh, working with our, our young people, sometimes they don't equate to the word leader. Uh, and so it's important for them to know that our leaders uh, have different strengths, come from different backgrounds. So what strengths and qualities do you feel were and are important to thrive as a leader, especially in the world of education? Right. So it is very important that no matter what leadership opportunity you decide to embark upon, that you do um, have the skills to be very adaptable. Um, so you have to adjust to the situation. You have to be well-studied. Um, you have to be well-read. You have to know the uh, role that you're taking on. Um, do all your homework. You know, when I used to go into schools and I actually had an opportunity to ask the superintendent, could I go to these schools and turn them around? And so I had to know the details about the school, about the communities, um, about the families, about the staff members that are in the school, about the budgets, everything that you can possibly think of. Because you know when you serve as a school leader, executive director of a school, you are really the CEO, the CFO, the HR person. You are everything, curriculum and instruction, teaching and learning, everything that goes on, you are totally involved and immersed in that school. So I go back to a leader has to be able to adapt and adjust they must be able to modify their leadership style. Um, once again, study and make sure that, you know, you think about opportunities that you've had in the past. So you have to have that hindsight and insight, um, definitely foresight. Of where do you want to take the school when you talk about the vision and the mission of the school? So those practical skills and application of those skills, you have to make sure that you are able to bring about positive change, no matter what role you go into as a leader. So definitely those are some of the traits that are very important, um, some of the qualities of leaders. And I could probably talk about that, um, you know, quite extensively because of the many different roles that I've had. Um, but I've taken every single role and used it as an opportunity to extend and expand my skills and my knowledge base so that I could better serve. And you think about it that you do what you love and you love what you do, but what's most importantly is that you make sure that you always use every opportunity as a learned opportunity. And even when you have failures and mistakes, you go back and say, okay, what did I learn from that and how can I apply that to a situation in the future in order to make sure that I continue to grow and learn and never, ever stop learning. That is so important. Um, my own kids, my personal kids, my son and my daughter have two kids. They're always saying, Mom, you have been in school your entire life. And they're exactly right. You know, I worked on many different degrees, went to 12 different universities. Either I was teaching there or I went to a leadership program. And this is beyond college, um, beyond the four degrees. And being in a school and being at three different colleges and teaching, um, so they're exactly right. I've been in school, so I say you must learn, learn, learn. Never stop learning. Um, give it all you have, and, again, do what you love and love what you do. Absolutely, absolutely. That is great. That is great information and great, great uh, feedback. 
for our next generation of leaders. You definitely have to love what you do. Dr. Essie, can you share with us some of the biggest challenges that that our administrators and our teachers face uh, in working in today's school? I actually uh, was talking to my cousin who's an educator, and although I I thought I was connected to what was happening uh, in the school, I realized I wasn't as connected and informed as I thought I was. And some of the challenges I know that she said she had to do deal with being in an urban school. So can you tell us about some of the challenges? I'm sure you've seen uh, some over your uh, 30 years career that you could share with us and let us know how us as community leaders could be a a help of assistance uh, to to our educators. Indeed. So there are many, many challenges. Um, But I always say take those challenges and turn those into opportunities. Some of the challenges, and, you know, I, when I first decided to retire, um, post-retirement is what I call this, what I'm doing now, starting my own business. And also I worked at um, George Mason University and still do some work there with them, but also worked with a local school um, in the DMV area. And so definitely, I still see the challenges. But when I served as a school administrator for 20 of my 30 years, I really was involved heavily with really transforming schools. Those challenges, not only academically. So when you're talking about going into a school that may face um, students who are, you know, 100% free and reduced lunch, in a Title I school, they might be in a high-impacted school in a high-crime area. Um, the list can go on and on, and sometimes schools are given so many labels. Like I said, free and reduced lunch, they could be Title I, they could be at promise school. No matter what label they are given, behind that label are so many um, opportunities for them to continue to get better. Um, So the academic challenges, you're talking about the social challenges. Sometimes kids will come into the school and not even know their names, not even know how to count to 10, not know their ABCs, very basic things that sometimes we take for granted. Um, Those emotional skills, they might be in an area that is a high crime area, and they don't know how um, to deal and address their emotional stability or instability. And so we have to put resources and initiatives in place within schools in order to address all those issues. Um, psychologically, you know, when you think about the social and the emotional and the psychological impact, um, sometimes you have to deal with the physiological impact of kids. So all of those things, all of those challenges that you have, those are challenges that you have to look at and say, what program do I have in place? What plan do I have in place? What initiative do I have in place in order to address the academic gaps and the deficits? What plans do I have in place in order to address the social skills? And I can recall um, one of the schools that I worked at, well, actually a lot of the schools, all of the schools I worked at were highly impacted schools. Um, and one school had a health facility on campus because it was such a great need. We had students with a lot of emotional instability. Um, one school, we had um, resources. Instead of you know medical people um, being away from the school, they were actually there to help us. Um, so it's important that 
leaders in schools today look at the needs of the student population that they serve, look at the needs of the community that they serve. The school cannot do it alone. It takes everybody, and we have to provide wraparound services. In my book, The Heart of School Transformation, I address all of that in there um, because I don't speak from philosophy. I speak from practice, what I've done and what it took to turn schools around. And um, I went into schools where pretty much no one wanted to go into. Those are the schools that I love working in and the schools that I turned around. Um, we, in one school, went from no growth to 14-plus um, percentage growth. Um, another school went from a minus 2.24 to a plus 3.32. Um, so the data is there to support the work that we did within those schools in order to impact them. And the other thing I talk about in my book that's so important, um, you talk about what the community can do, impacting the whole child, impacting the whole educator, and impacting the whole entire school. Because sometimes educators can get burned out when they work with a very challenging student population. Um, so we have to take care of the educators that are in that building and make sure that we promote morale and put all those plans in place for them. Um, because they need it. Um, when they are depleted, then we have teachers that are not only burned out, stressed out, but they decide to leave the profession. And so we want to keep people in the profession, and we must work together, the school, the community, organizations within the community, businesses, churches, everybody coming together to provide those wraparound comprehensive services for kids, the schools, and the educators. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is exactly what she said as an educator. She said that exact same thing. I said, well, what can we do? I feel like sometimes, you know, the population that I'm getting to might not be the population that really need the, the services or the support. And she said, you got to get to the family. You got to uh, be able to help the entire family. She said, because there's things that, you know, happen at home, you know, that affect school. So you, that was right on, spot on, and uh, confirmation uh, that, you know, with my work with the schools that I, I need to do something different to, to have the impact that I would like. You're exactly right. And just to add, you know, I can recall some of the schools that I worked in. Um, we would have community gardens. We would work with the mayor's office and, you know, have a community garden because we had parents who were homeless, parents who didn't have food um, to provide for their families and, their, and, of course, the students within our school. And so we had to have a food closet. We had to have a food pantry, um, a clothing closet, um, provide educational support for the parents, GED classes, um, if they spoke English and they wanted to learn Spanish or vice versa, Spanish and learning English or whatever the language may have been, we had to look at what are the needs of the families in order to create plans and initiatives. So you're exactly right when you talk about the families. Absolutely. So community leaders out there realize that our educators need our help. They need our help uh, from not just in the classroom, but also with what our children are dealing with at home and, and limited services. Or, you know, sometimes the parents may not know what they don't know. 
Uh, and so as community leaders, we need to make sure that, that we're doing our part to be supportive of our, our kids, our next generation of leaders. Dr. Assey, with, with success comes learning lessons. We've all uh, failed at some point or another at something uh, and had some learning lessons along our journey. It's important for our next generation of leaders to not only hear about our successes because they often hear all the great things we've done, the accomplishments we've achieved, uh, and all of the accolades, but they don't always hear about the journey or, or those failures or learning lessons to get to that point. So can you share with the listeners some of your failures or learning lessons, uh, and, and what did you gain from it? Well, you know, that's interesting that you asked me, and um, I was quickly trying to recall some of the um, failures. Um, I don't necessarily look at failures as failures where you just fall flat on your face and you can't get up and really say, I'm going to shake myself off, I'm going to get back in the game, and I'm going to be better than I was before. Um, but I'm quite sure I had failures along the way, um, but they will make you stronger. Um, I talked earlier about, you know, making sure that you do your homework about where you want to go. Um, if you go into a situation or into a position where you think you might want that position, but when you get there, it's totally different, then you have to say and be true to yourself. And so I also wrote about this in the book about being true to yourself, um, making sure that you look at the inner leadership that's within you. What is at the core of who you are as a person? That will dictate the type of leader that you want to become. I talked about the fact that you have to continue to extend and expand your knowledge base and your skills. Um, that is so important. You can't just remain stagnant. You can't just say, oh, I've been to this one leadership program. I'm going to use these skills and I'm going to become the best leader. No, you have to serve and you have to continue to learn. Um, so I would say definitely never, ever give up the opportunity to go to a professional development, go to a conference, go to a leadership program in order to make yourself better. Um, all those wonderful tools that we have when it comes to the instruments um, and assessment of your leadership style and your skills, those are important things. Um, sometimes you can go through a rubric and look at, okay, what is it that I'm not as strong in? What is it that I think I didn't do well? What is it that I perhaps, and I don't necessarily like to use the word fail, um, but what is it that I didn't do well in, and therefore I'm going to use that in order to build my skills and make sure that I continue to be the best that I can possibly be. But once again, go face-to-face -face with that inner foundation of who you are as a leader. Also. I say embrace every opportunity, whether you think it's a failure or not, embrace that as an opportunity to grow and learn and allow it to teach you something um, because that is so important. If you, you know, once again, I said I don't like to use the word failure, and I know it's important that we look at areas that we need to grow in. However, if you don't take that information and if you don't use it in a positive way to impact you, then definitely you're not going to continue to grow. And must, and it's important that you must be, you know, truly passionate about what you do. 
Um, so I always tell people to evolve into the greatest version of who you can possibly become, but embrace those opportunities and look back at your journey and think about what did I learn from that in order to make myself better and to make it better in the next leadership role that I go into. Awesome. I love that. Embrace every opportunity and making sure that we are continuously learning uh, by going to those conferences, by going to uh, classes and seminars, and just taking that initiative and investment in ourselves because you have to keep learning. You have to keep growing. So I love that. I love that you mentioned that. Well, thank you. What part, if any, has having mentors, coaches, or informal sponsors played on the progression of your career? Wow, that is so, so important. Um, And probably early on in my career, I did not realize that I looked at certain people as a mentor, as a guide, as um, a person that I wanted to gain their traits and their knowledge and their skills. Um, I can just recall some, even my superintendents, and I still uh, remain friends with some of those individuals. Um, but I can recall just always just in awe of their leadership abilities and their poise and their professionalism and wanting to be like them. Um, so definitely it is important that you surround yourself with the people based on where you want to go. So if you look into your future and you say three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, this is what I want to do, then you need to make sure that you surround yourself with those people. Um, You have those coaches. You know, when I started writing, I definitely had a book coach, um, author Kimberly McLemore. And so I'm so fortunate and so blessed uh, to have met her and connected with her. Um, But she allowed me to just be the person that I needed to be, to be the writer that I needed to be. But she coached me through that process. I had a professional coach when I got ready to start my business to say, these are the things that I know about you, and these are the things that we really need to hone in on. We need to market you based on what I know you have done in your career. You have a lot of experience, a lot, a lengthy leadership journey, and definitely we need to maximize that. And then I also had a business coach, and I still have these people involved in my life. And so it's important that you have mentors, you have coaches, Um, If you want to continue to get better, not only do you have to apply yourself and work really hard and study and read and do all the things that we know that will get you to the next place, but you have to have people there who can just sort of help you to get to that next place. Um, So that's very important. And I would tell anyone, um, have somebody that who can look at you and say, okay, this is what you're doing well. These are the things that I want you to really focus on and improve upon and put a plan in place in order to address that. And also you have to have those people that will be there, um, you know, when you say, I'm going to throw the towel in, I can't do one more thing, I can't do another engagement. You have to have those strong people there who believe in you, who know what skills you have within you and who can bring out the best in you. So it's important. Absolutely, absolutely. I 
agree wholeheartedly that it's important to have those mentors and coaches in our circle because a lot of times they help us to figure out some of those blind spots that we might not be aware of. They provide us with that positive feedback and provide us with a different direction or, or clarity to look at things. So that's that's awesome that you mentioned having a book coach and a business coach and different coaches in various aspects of, of your career and of your life. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I I think about this because I love baseball and, you know, the World Series is on right now. Um, (laughs) And, and of course, you know, you think about the coaches, they coach their players all along. And so we have to be open to the opportunities of being coached in other areas, not just in the sports, but in everything that we do in life. You can have a coach, somebody there who will pick you up when you need to be picked up, somebody who will push you in the right direction and keep nudging you along. So it's so important if you want to be the best and do your best and give your best, you must have those people in place. Absolutely, absolutely. Because sometimes you don't know how far you can go on your own. So you definitely need those people that can take you to the next level. You are exactly right. Dr. Essie, most people struggle with thinking outside of the box and and really just kind of finding ways to reinvent themselves out of their chosen profession. You've done an absolutely outstanding job of doing that with your career and your business, your books, speaking engagements, and uh, your hosting for different radio segments and magazines. So, what advice would you give to our listening audience on strategies for kind of reinventing themselves and getting getting out of that that box of of where they may be with their career to do some of these uh, different things? Wow, that is so so crucial in um, a person's growth and development and their journey. So I would say the biggest thing that will prevent people from moving forward and from exploring um, the other parts of them is the big word fear. And, you know, we can allow fear to just halt us and keep us in the same place, or we can use that to propel us to what we don't even know about ourselves. Like I said earlier, I didn't start in this profession saying, I want to be a principal. I want to be an executive director. I want to be a professor. I didn't start my career like that. All I started with was, I knew I wanted to teach, and that journey of just me having that dream and that desire to become what I wanted to be, and then, you know, I'm very faith-based, and so I rely on God to guide me and lead me, and he has never failed me, and so just taking me and showing me and meditating and praying and thinking about um, all the things I've done in my career and how I can use that in order to help others. That's what is so important. Um, when you serve others, greatness happens to you. Um, so it isn't about necessarily saying, I'm going to create this goal. I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to become an assistant principal. I'm going to become a principal. I'm going to be an executive director. I'm going to be a college professor. I'm on my own business. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That's not what it is about. I just happen to be blessed to have had all those opportunities. What it is truly about is about serving others. 
Um, but taking advantage of that. And um, once again, those coaches, I go back to people who are out there already doing the things that you might desire to do. You have to surround yourself with people like that, and they will help you to think outside of the box. Sometimes, you know, you have to lean on the thinking of others in order for your greatness to show. And so when you think about moving from making a career move, um, sometimes you have to do an, a self-assessment, a self-inventory of where you are, where you want to go. What skills do you possess? Um, don't be afraid. Just jump out there. Move forward. Take one step, and I guarantee you people will come to you and say, do you need this? How can I help you? Um, it was amazing, and I think about when I – um, retired from the state of North Carolina, and my professional and business coach at the time said, my goodness, you have all this knowledge. You've been to 12 different universities. You have four degrees, all these certifications that you have. Do you think you need to just retire and not do anything? No, you need to take that and use it to the betterment of helping others. And so that's what I did. I listened to them. I listened to those coaches, and between the coaches and me thinking about what I was going to create when it came to my business, we came up with a plan. And I can tell you, um, God put people in my path. I didn't have to pick up the phone and say, I need you to help me with this. God put certain people in my path, and along that journey, I was able to do all the things that I'm doing now. And it has truly been a blessing because I am helping others. Um, I can share with others, whether I go into a school, whether I go to a business, an organization. Um, I'm just very fortunate and very blessed in order to talk about education. And when I say education, you know, most people think, oh, you want to go to a college or university. That is great if that is what you want to do in terms of a professional career, if you want to become a lawyer or a doctor or you need those degrees. But education I tell kids nowadays to make sure you educate yourself about what it is you want to become. If you want to graduate from high school and become a business owner, make sure you do all your homework, gain all the knowledge, and continue to grow and get those skills so that you can be the best entrepreneur that you can become. If you want to go into the military, um, definitely my own journey, my personal experience with my daughter being in the Coast Guard, that changed my life forever in terms of being open to that as an avenue. And I now tell kids that. Um, recently, she had an opportunity to go to a high school, and the two of us went to a high school to speak. And she shared with them about her journey and all the wonderful things um, from that experience. So I told kids, you know, you have the military you have an apprenticeship you can go into, you can gain skills, um, trades you can go into, become an entrepreneur, you can definitely go to college or to a university. So once again, think outside the box and just always think about being the best that you can possibly be. I love it. I love it. And I'm happy that you mentioned, you know, go to trade school if you feel that that is for you. The mm -hmm. whole premise of just being educated uh, versus, mm -hmm. you know, maybe going a traditional route, doing your research and picking that route that you feel is going to be uh, the best path for you. So I love that. I love that you mentioned uh, that 
because you've been able to do a lot of great things uh, by utilizing your coaches, utilizing your network and your expertise. So I, exactly. I like that. Well, thank you. And you're exactly right. And, you know, what's so interesting, um, I mentioned that my daughter and I went to a high school to do a speaking engagement not too long ago. And the kids asked me, you know, different questions. And um, I said, you know, what's so interesting? I have been in the field of education 30 plus years. And I would tell kids all of that time to go to school, go to college, go to a university, but I never said anything about other options. And so now my message is those other options because of my daughter. Um, And, you know, I tell people she's smarter than me, and she decided that she wanted to go into the military. And so I gave her that opportunity um, to do whatever it is she wanted to do. And I can't say love what you do and do what you love if I don't believe in that and allow um, people in my life to do that. And so she had that opportunity. She's doing what she loves and she's loving what she does at this point in time. And so definitely it's important that we continue to tell kids, um, you know, they have so many different avenues. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that is a powerful message uh, for our next generation of leaders. I had an educator on here earlier in the year, and that was one of the same things that she was talking about. You know, a lot of the jobs uh, that a lot of the jobs have not even been created yet. Uh, that we will see if, if we make it to, to 2040. So, you know, some of our, our kids that will be around in, in, in 2040 and, and beyond, a lot of those careers are not even, uh, does not even exist at this point. So I love that you're given a message of thinking outside the box. The traditional route is not the only route. I, I love that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Dr. Essie, you are a best-selling author. Congratulations to you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you. You have authored The Heart of School Transformation, The Coaching for Champions, Women of Virtue, The Girlfriend Code Sorority Edition, just to name a few. Can you tell us a little bit about some of your writing and how did you get started uh, writing your books? Well, I can tell you how I got started. Um, I'll start with that first. Um, I have always loved the art of writing. I have always loved writing, um, and I knew that early on. And it's interesting because when I went to um, work on my dissertation, my educational um, specialist degree and also my doctoral degree, Of course, I had to write a dissertation for my doctoral degree. That is technical writing, um, that research. Um, I didn't necessarily like that, but I actually wrote my dissertation and um, did all the work in terms of everything that you can possibly think of when it comes to a dissertation. I did it myself. And so I also think back to the fact that, you know, I told you I went into highly impacted schools and worked in schools, and I turned them around. So I took that dissertation writing, and let me see if I can recall what my dissertation topic was. Um, I really looked at an era of high accountability, 
the perception of elementary principles, um, perception of accountability, um, because I've always been a principal and there's always been accountability in my journey. Uh, when we think about, you know, the federal and the state and the local accountability models. Um, so definitely um, that accountability and my dissertation just merged itself together. And so when I retired, I decided to write my first book, and that was the heart of school transformation, my journey into transforming urban schools. So I wanted to give um, practicing principals and teachers and educators and community leaders um, higher university personnel, um, district office personnel, superintendents, um, assistant superintendents, anyone who really had a hand on a school. I wanted to give them um, strategies and techniques in turning schools around, and that's exactly what I did. Um, also, I think about the recent book that I wrote earlier this sum summer, um, coaching champions, really, how do you coach people to endure until the end? How do you get the best out of them? And so that talks a little bit about that. And then recently, the women of virtue walking in excellence. Um, that is really about my leadership journey. Um, so I talk about that in that book. And of course, I am an AKA and um, I share with the readers uh, my experience, my journey. And so I've been fortunate to be able to be in several collaboration projects. Um, my first book, going back to my first book, that was a book that I wrote and self-published all by myself. And I said, I will never do that again. That was very <laughs> tedious work. I can tell you it was very tedious work. It was um, a lot of late nights and rewriting and proofing and editing. And I wrote that book from front cover to back cover. And I must say, I take that back. There are two books that I will write. Um, I don't know if I'll self-publish, but I will probably write those. And that is um, my son, you know, is at the university level. He's also a baseball player. And so I'm going to write about his journey, and more than likely, I'll probably write about my daughter's experience in the Coast Guard. Um, so I have other projects in the works. Um, I am just trying to find some time in order to do it. But once again, I love to write. I was fortunate to have a book coach um, and just people just helping me um, on that journey. That's awesome. That's awesome. So many people want to write a book or get into that space and they don't know how or figure I'm not a good writer or, you know, can I do it? So I love that you talked about how you got there uh, and that you did, you know, you did the self-publishing route and, you know, it was a lot of work, you know, very different mm -hmm. than uh, writing formal papers, the technical writing aspect of it. So I, I like the work that you've done. You've done, and I've read several of your of your body of work, and you've done some some pretty cool projects. Well, thank you, and um, you know I'm excited about the upcoming magazine that I'll be writing um, for, and so definitely um, more writing in the works as I continue to um, share my knowledge and my skills and. Um, try to make an impact in the field of education. Everything is wrapped around education. No matter how far I go, um, where I go, guess what? It is still education, education, education. And so I have to do it, and I just love doing it. Awesome. That is amazing. 
So what tidbit would you leave for our listeners uh, that they could use in their personal or professional life? Um, so I always say definitely be the best that you can possibly be. And no matter where you are, just keep moving forward. No matter whether whether it's personal or professional, just keep moving forward. Take that first step. Don't allow fear to stop you. Take it, you know, I can recall my father um, saying to me, um, you know, if you want to be your best, then you have to do your best. And you have to sometimes um, burn that midnight oil is what he used to say. And so I tell people all the time, you have to put in the work. You have to do the grind in order to get the outcome that you want. Love what you do. Do what you love. Again, allow the journey to lead you. Remember to serve, serve, serve. Don't go into something thinking that, oh, I'm going to make, you know, this amount of money or I want to do this because of that. Just serve. And once you find that niche of where you belong and what you're great at in terms of your skills, you will be amazed at where that will lead you. Um, you know, continue to build your business, whatever it may be, um, and just explore those opportunities. Don't be afraid to say yes, but I understand sometimes you have to say no, but don't be afraid to say yes. And I go back to something that you said about the writing. Um, for those people that might be listening and you're thinking, oh, goodness, I want to write something, but I'm just afraid, just start the process. Start the process, and once again, you will lead yourself to a place that you will look back at and say, did I do this? I can't believe I did it, but I did it, and I'm going to continue to do it. So take that first step and keep moving forward. That is awesome. That is amazing. Awesome, <laughs> wonderful advice. Keep Thank moving you. forward. Start the process. So, Dr. Essie, how can our listeners stay connected with you and continue to follow and support you on your leadership journey? So, I am definitely on all of the social media platforms. Um, Facebook, I am author Dr. Essie McCoy. Um, Instagram, you can follow me, E. McCoy 2018 or E.M. McCoy on Instagram once again. On LinkedIn, Dr. S.C. McCoy and then Twitter at E. McCoy and that is McCoy, M-C-K-O-Y. Um, I also have a website, www.drsespeaks.com. So once again, um, please make sure that you look at my website, you go to my social media outlets, and um, take advantage of the wonderful opportunities of some of the things I've talked about tonight. But more importantly, make sure that if you want to learn more about some of the books, you can definitely make a purchase. Awesome. And books can be purchased on your website as well. Um, yes. And then also the media outlets as well. Awesome. Well, of course, we could go on and continue to talk, but our time tonight has come to a close. So I wanted to, to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to give me the opportunity to interview you today. I know you are busy impacting lives and, you know, at the university, doing your business, speaking, writing books. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk uh, with me tonight. 
Well, thank you, Coach T. Wilson, and much um, success on your journey. And once again, I'm just so proud of everything that you're involved in. And um, definitely thank you for this opportunity. Thank you. I always say together we are better. So uh, I, I just I thank you for, for coming. And I wrote down a ton of wisdom that you shared. So it was an honor and a pleasure to have you as my guest and many blessings and continued success on your journey. Thank so you once thank- again. Anytime. So thank you, listener audience, for tuning in to tonight's show with my special guest, Dr. Essie McCoy, where she shared with us, when you serve others, great things will happen to you. Have a heart to serve. Embrace every opportunity. Be passionate about what you do. Do your homework on positions that you are interested in. Uh, what is at the core of who you are as a human and as a leader. You need to continue to learn by going to conferences, classes, and seminars. Be the best you that you can be. Keep moving forward. Start the process. It starts by saying yes. So don't be afraid. And choose a career path that will work for you, whether it's a traditional path or not. So be happy with what you are doing. If you would like, if you like what you heard tonight and want to listen to previous shows, you can subscribe at www.podcast.coachtwilson.com. If you are thinking about starting your own radio show, you, I would love to help you. You can send me an email at di broadcasting. That's d i b r o a d c a s t i n g at TrendyAliteLLC.com, and please tune in next week to hear from another amazing leader. Until then, have a good evening. Thank you, friends, for tuning in to another episode of Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson, where Taiwana speaks with leaders who share nuggets of wisdom that you can use in your personal and professional life. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Coach T. Wilson. Connect on LinkedIn or visit www.coachtwilson.com. And remember, in life, learn as much as you can, appreciate often, and lead fearlessly.